Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. How are you all doing? Welcome, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Don't you love saying that every single week? And I know we've talked about this before, but it just makes me excited. Not, I'm not making this up. I got a message from today's guest and for the first time ever in my life like we you know we reached out to me say hey dude you know you want to join us on the show we'd love to have you it's obnoxious how many people say you're awesome and you should be on the show and he sends you back not a message not an email not a linkedin dm not a twitter he sends me back this voice message on linkedin and he nails the emphasis on the right syllables on the show. And I'm like, nobody's ever done that before. Not a single guest in the history of the show has ever done that before. This guy's gonna be fire. So I'm pretty pumped. We're gonna introduce you to him shortly. But uh, I wanna talk a little bit about, it's one of the things I see over and over again. So you all know the story. They thought they would be funny and give me the CRO title. Uh, a few quarters back, I've been doing the gig. I've been training the crew. I've been training you, every single one of you listening, right? My whole posse, I, I've given them more resources than you can shake a stick at. I've brought in the experts. I've brought in like world-class sales trainers, whether it be on the phone or on social. I've brought them in how to use the right language. I've got them the right tools. I got them chorus for conversational intelligence. We got seismic for sales enablement. We got vanilla soft. We got, uh, we got HubSpot. We got Salesforce to come. I mean, we got the world's most kick-ass stack. You got the navigator. You can social sell your ass off. That's what's going on. These people, they have nothing to complain about. And they'll be the first one to tell you that. Yet despite all this, this is what I encounter all the time. And just full disclosure, I am so guilty of this myself. What I see is we'll do pipeline reviews. And it's the best thing over and over again. I'm like, okay, so you think this one's got like a 90% chance or an 80% chance of you know, going, we're, we're at the proposal stage. All right, and I ask the question, everybody should be ready to answer. Whenever, whenever your boss comes and asks you this question, if you're not prepared, you shouldn't be in sales. The question's gonna be, where are we gonna get surprised? Who do we not talk to? Who's gonna object? Are we ready? What's the competition going to do? Before we do all this, we put our, our chips in the table and we say, here's our proposal, here's the price, here's the terms, what's going to stop this deal? And every freaking single time, it's like you don't want to admit that you don't know the answer. You say, nobody, it's good. I got this covered. I've talked to everybody and I'm like, you've talked to the economic decision, you know, the economic guy. Yep. Talk to the economic person. Talk to the champion. Yep. Talk to the champion. All right. What's the pain we're covering up? This is the pain. What's the cost of not making a decision at all? This is the cost. All right. Do they know that? Has that been communicated? That's been communicated. Okay. Have we got an ROI? We can demonstrably stick ourselves to Have We baseline the situation so we can show progression as we roll it out. Yeah. We got it all. Great. What should I expect for timing? It's all this. Awesome. 
cool. So we're good. We're good. Sound familiar? The ring a bell at all? Have you been there? It should feel really close. Because then what happens, lo and behold, is you come back to me. My rep comes back to me and it says, well, Daryl, small little problem. It seems there's this other unknown person who has an opinion. And they don't like our colors of blue and yellow. They're big fans of uh, red and, and, and green. Who the hell knows? And because of that, they're dinging in. And they want to bring in the competition because they, one more time, because they really think this is going to go on. And I say to them, how did, how did we get, we talked, did we not talk about this? Yeah, we talked about this. Did you not ask? I asked, did you not have them all in the room? I had them all in the room. Did you read the room? Well, what do you mean? I'm like, did you read the room? Did you look for those little tells, those little unquantified statements, the body language, the looks, whatever it might be? Did you see it was copied on the emails? Where did this, like, did you explicitly ask every single person what's going on? Or, or instead, did you just have happy ears? And they say every single time, oh, yeah, maybe I had happy years. Truth of the matter is, we all do it. I've been there. And it's not just sales. I mean, how many times have you been out? You know, if, if you're single, if you're dating, if you can remember dating, did you thought you knew what was going on in the relationship? And it turns out you just had happy ears and you didn't read the room. Oh, cats, I'm telling you. This is life. This is what happens. But it's incumbent upon us as professionals to know better. So when I was sitting down talking to this very special cat who said, inside, inside sales, I, I said, this guy, this guy's going to know all about happy ears and how to read the room. Let's put our hands together because I'm digging it. Everybody, this is Larry Long Jr. My friend, how you doing, Larry? What's going on, Daryl? I'm happy to be here on Inside, Inside Sales. I hope I nailed it again. That's how it's done. Golden microphone for you. That's how it's done right there. That's Woo! what I'm talking about, Willis. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. And I love, you You know I'm happy, but uh, not necessarily happy ears. That's not a good thing. No, you want to be happy, but you don't want to be happy ears. And by the way, Jerry, pick up the... You know, that's what I'm talking about. Willis, some different strokes going down there. If you got your little 70s era going on. All right. That's awesome. We were, we were talking behind the screen uh, in the green room. You and I went live about Motown, my affinity for Motown. I grew up just outside Detroit on the Canadian side. And, and there he I was just dropping all these Motown references. And, and he didn't know. And I was just like eating it up. So, uh, so right away, Larry's in my good books. Talk to me, Larry about happy ears. This was your suggestion. As soon as you said it, and, and for those who don't know, I mean, the process here is when I, when I, I, I basically find talent quite often first. And of course, everybody who knows Larry knows he's talent. In fact, I was sharing with him how obnoxious it is that I've had literally every single person ask if I had Larry on the show because he's that great and he's always freaking happy and high energy. And I said, Larry, what do you want to talk about? And, and he said, happy ears. And I'm like, no, we've never talked about that. We recently did one about word vomit. And to me, they're almost related. So I'm looking forward to see how this goes on. If you missed the word vomit episodes, a couple episodes ago, give it a go. But Larry, what was your inspiration for happy ears? I want to hear the story behind the story. Yeah, it's, uh, it's timely. So uh, we're in a new year, and uh, for us, we, uh, we've got some pretty, pretty significant goals that we're trying to attain. 
And we realize that if we don't step our game up and improve our sales process, we won't have success. And uh, we've been harping on sales process and understanding, boom, 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 the, the pulse and understanding where a deal really is. So we've been talking about how do you read the room? How do you understand where a deal is? So that when we go into our pipeline review, we can actually answer those questions that you asked. And we've got some other questions as well, but we can know exactly where a deal is and we can understand what pitfalls, uh, what's around the corner, what might trip us up, and, and not just take everything at face value that, hey, it's all sunshine, rainbows, and as my seven-year-old daughter says, unicorns, because we know that that's not the case. And I'm going to get us kicked off. I, I'm sorry to take over the show, Daryl, but it's take just over. down to questions. I mean, I, I've got a couple things, a couple things in my mind that I think of, but, but I, I go back to Tony Robbins. He has a quote, and, and his quote says, the most successful people ask the toughest questions and therefore they get the toughest answers so if you think about it and you talked about it this is life life the four-letter word that we call life it's not just sales if you ask the toughest questions you now put yourself in a position to get the toughest answers and that's what we're looking for in a sales deal sales process all right so a couple of things you've said and you've said it a couple of times already just now and i want to stop and put some emphasis on that puppy you use the word process. So this is the part that I find so interesting because when you go online, whether it's you know LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse, YouTube, whatever it might be, everybody wants to get into the semantics of how you, you do stuff. And I'm, I'm guilty of that too, so I'm not judging. But one of the things that strike me over and over again is that you know we know, oh yeah, intellectually we know yeah this is maybe how i should open or this is how i got to do a leading question or this is how i should do discovery or this is how i should do objection handling you know we kind of know our technique intellectually we may suck at execution but we know how we need to do but what we seem to fall down over and over and over again is on the process because i watch our people take shortcuts all the time whether they're excited or not and and process isn't exciting but it's that you know same i gotta do this i gotta do it a certain way i gotta go through all the steps and if i do this i position myself for success and you use the word process at least twice so far so talk to me about process before we even get into happy years. Talk to me about the importance of process. Well, well, first of all, Daryl, I want to say thank you for listening. My, my word of 2021 is and listen. That, that's the word of 2021. And so many times, not just my sellers, but the sellers that I work with, they don't listen. But uh, having a process, you talked about shortcuts. We've got stages and there are certain things that we've got to, certain milestones that we have to check off because we know if we don't have an athletic director, we, we sell in the athletic directors. We know that if the athletic director hasn't been looped in, chances are we don't need to, we, we're not in the negotiating stage. It just, it, it's not, it's not there. So we're sticklers on process, but there, there's a book by Rory Vaden, Take the Stairs. And, and humans, just human nature is, if I'm going to the gym and there's an escalator, human nature is I'm gonna take the escalator, not the stairs. The stairs is that process. And what we found and what I've seen, not just sales professionals, but this is across the arts, this is across music, this is across sports, this is just life. It's in the details. And you mentioned it earlier, talking about professional sales professionals. A lot of people have the title of sales professionals, but let's keep it real, they're amateurs. And amateur hour is 
painful. It just makes me cringe because you've got to follow the process. And I don't, I don't care what process you follow, but you better have a process that you follow, that you iterate, that you test, and essentially that you measure to see, are you getting the maximum results? So for us, we're always looking to tweak that process that we follow to see how can we get better. So if you're listening, guys, let me throw a curveball at you guys and gals. If I were to go to you right now and say to you, what's your process? In other words, write down on a piece of paper or you know, send me a message on LinkedIn that says, this is my daily routine. Let's start there. Then secondarily, if I was to say, okay, you're, gonna, you're about to reach out to a specific contact because an appointment maybe has been set up for you by maybe a sales development rep. So if you're an AE, you're about to reach out and engage with this person for the first time. What's your routine? before you do this, uh, or if you're about to now and go pitch your proposal before you do that, what's your routine? I could go on. I'm going to stop here. I give you three different scenarios. Can you write down for me right now what your routine is and is it consistent and do you follow it all the time? I have a routine before I go on a podcast. I've checked Larry out five ways to Sunday. I know his contact info. I know his bio. I know his work history. I know our shared connections. I know ways that I can, you know, maybe establish a rapport. And I do that so we have great content and we have lots to talk about. I don't just wing it. If you can't tell me what your process is, if you don't have that ability in you, then you have no process and you're gonna fail. And the worst part is, I love that Larry said that's his word of the year because that's the simplest thing to fix. You don't need to learn how to overcome your fear of cold calling. You don't need to figure out how to figure out the difference between a, 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 a fleet versus a tweet versus, you know, what the hell is Clubhouse? Just a process. So do that as step number one. Now I wanna bring it back to the whole happy ears and that whole process. You've said a couple of things there. You talked about questions. I've talked about questions. You've talked about questions. Talk to me about the role and the relevance of questions. You talked about hard questions, getting hard answers. Why are hard questions important? I want to know. I'm asking you questions about all things questions and why should I care about questions? What's the answer, my friend? I love it. And you, you touched on one of my top two fire questions. I'll, I'll give you, if you don't take anything away from this, if you're ever in a, in, in, in a crunch and you need a question, walk me through your process, dot, dot, dot. And then, shh, and listen. And that can be anything. Walk me through your process of your morning routine. Walk me through your process of how you prepare your team for success. And then if you listen, you're gonna pick up on a lot of things. And from there, you can double click, you can triple click to dig in even deeper. The next one is what's holding you back, dot, dot, dot. So for all the listeners out there, I'm going to ask, what's holding you back from having a tight sales process? What's holding you back from improving your sales process to get, to get you to those goals that you want to get to? When it comes to our prospects, we've got to ask the tough questions around timeline. And a lot of times, oh, I don't understand the timeline. It's okay. Who would understand? Let's go ahead and get your CFO to the table so that we can go ahead because you told me, I was listening, you told me that you wanted to get this implemented by March 15th. In order for us to do that, we need your CFO right now or we have no chance. So essentially, I'm asking the really 
tough and somewhat uncomfortable questions. And I'm not afraid of someone telling me, you know what? No. I'd rather get that now and then get to March 15th, March 14th, when I think we're moving along and I didn't ask the tough question. And essentially, I've got happy ears. I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm looking through it. What do they say? Rose-colored glasses? Essentially, salespeople love to have that, that affirmation. I mean, it's tough to be in sales. So it's like, oh, I don't want to ask this question that might derail the deal. Well, I've got a secret for you. Listen closely. If you don't ask the question now, the deal is already derailed. You just don't know it. So you're spending all this time, all this energy and your resource, you're wasting it. You could have known right now when we're at the 50 yard line, instead of you get down to the three yard line and the Super Bowl's coming up, you get to the three yard line and you think you're about to punch it in. And it's like, survey says, nah, no chance. Come on, let's, let's do things the right way and ask those tough questions in the beginning in the middle and as we progress to the end to make sure that the finish line is still in sight and we're not just fooling ourselves about to get knocked out boop, with no chance of getting the deal all right so let's talk about what's what's real what we just went down here because this is like a master class all right let me connect the, the the dots for you we talked about happy ears and there you went right into it about you know uh, tell me about um, what your process is. Tell me what your process is. And then he followed up with, well, you know, what's holding you back? All right. Why did he do that? Why don't you do that? Well, you don't do that because it's more comfortable having happy years. If I don't want, if I don't have the confidence, I don't have the comfort level to ask that really awkward, uncomfortable question. So for example, he said, tell me what's your process. I could rephrase it. Same premise. Tell me how does your purchase process work? Cause that's now uncomfortable. Cause now you're actually saying, I'm assuming you're going to buy me and I'm going to ask that hard question, how you spend your money. And I'm going to actually fundamentally ask you, can you really make this decision? Or is there somebody else there? I really like you, but are you just a peon in this whole organization? And that's a bitch. That's hard. Or I can just have happy years. And I just assume that when you say you're the person who makes the decision, I believe you and we move on because then I have a great conversation with my boss and my forecast looks great and I'm already counting my commissions. That's what Larry did there. He, he, he took a little bit of reality and he said, you know, I think I have happy years, but let's just double check if my ears, I'm sorry, I think I don't have happy years, but let's just double check if I do have happy years. In other words, let's test the assumptions that I'm making by asking, tell me, what's your process? And I love his second question, because that is, that, that question, the second question, what's holding you back? Okay, and, and he said, listen, okay, let me re rephrase what he just said. What's holding you back? That long silence was you waiting for them to answer, and that's hard as hell. What's holding you back from making a decision? What's holding you back from justifying this money? What's holding you back from doing it by March 15th? Uh, what's holding you back from approaching your boss and, and asking if there's a business case there? What's holding you back from getting so-and-so involved uh, so we get their buy-in, there's no surprises? What's holding you back? That's a bitch of a question, especially if you've got a rapport. So for me, you know, you hear people say why all the time. Why is part of discovery? I've shared an acronym that it's not mine. I picked up elsewhere called TED. TED is the old boat. Tell me about 
it's explained to me, and it's described. So it totally applies to what Larry just said, you know, tell me about your process, explain to me what's holding you back, describe to me what the next steps might be, TED, nice and easy to remember, that way you're not, you're not stuck in the why all the time. But it's very soft, it's very like, hey, just help me understand, I, tell, tell me about what the next steps here would be. Describe for me, when you've made purchase decisions like this before, how it went down. Because I don't know your company, right? And you see what I did there? I didn't say you're buying me. I said, when you made decisions like this before, so now this is just like status quo stuff. So that's how you test and validate against the happy ears. That's what that man just said. How'd I do, Larry? You did great. You did great. Now, you made a comment about asking the tough questions, especially when you have rapport. So we're in athletics, and I'm not, put, I'm not trying to put our business out in the streets. but we Put it on very, the streets. We, we've got very tight relationships. And when you have tight relationships, it can be a little bit hairy to ask those tough questions. Now, I encourage your folks to build relationships built on trust because we know people buy from folks they know, they like, and they trust. But essentially, you've got to provide and set the expectations that, hey, Daryl, I love you and I know you love me. But to show me that you love me, if at any time throughout this process, we kind of take a, a U-turn, we kind of take a detour, can you tell me that you'll let me know? And then I'm going to and listen, not just what you say, but how you say it, because I need to make sure that you're not going to just lead me on. Oh, we're good. Oh, we're moving in the right direction. And then at the final countdown, at the last minute, you say, uh-oh, Larry, Houston, we have a problem. Come on, Daryl. You knew we had a problem 35 days ago. Who are you kidding with? But I didn't create an environment. I didn't, we had a good relationship, but people, people don't like to give bad news, especially to someone that they, that they like. But you've got to give them that permission. Hey, Daryl. You're doing me the best favor you can by letting me know if at any time this isn't going in the direction that we thought it was, you got to let me know. Hook a brother up. Let me know. I love what you've just done there. You took the relationship and you somewhat made it personal in a way that protects you. You know, if in any way along the way this is not going to work out, you got to let me know. Like hook a brother up. I love it because, you know, what am I, what am I going to, if I'm the buyer, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, yep, absolutely, brother. I've got you. I'll be straight with you. I'll shoot with you. So that's actually leveraging the rapport you've already invested in to develop. I love, love, love that. And it commits them. They're already, they're already going down the road of committing because now that's, it's not just a transaction. Now it's a relationship and that's a dramatic difference. When you make that shift, you cross that chasm. Life is, you can still lose the deal, but it's a hell of a lot harder now. Now, one of the things I want to talk to you a bit about, my, my friend, is sometimes we don't ask the questions and we have happy years because we don't actually want to know what our buyers are thinking. Sometimes their motivations for buying are not things that I want to hear. Their reasons for buying are not things I want to know because I, maybe I know them already deep down. Talk to me about how I can dig into that and why I should dig into that and what's the best way. Yeah, Daryl, I'm, I'm, I feel strongly about this because when I think about sales, I, I, I'm proud to be a sales professional because my definition of sales is matchmaker. We're matching our product 
our service, our thoughts, and or ideas with someone else's real needs, their wants, their desires, their challenges, their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations. So I'm doing a disservice. I'm not doing my job if I don't ask about their motivations. If I don't ask what keeps them up at night, if I don't ask about what they're trying to accomplish, and then I determine, I mean, I use this example and it's a bit extreme, but I played baseball or baseball played me and I've got a bum shoulder. My right shoulder is terrible. If I went to the doctor and he said, Larry, thank you for coming in. We're going to give you left ankle surgery tomorrow. I'm going to look at him and say, what you talking about, Willis? Come on, Cletus. No, you didn't listen to me. Hey, doctor, you didn't even ask the question of what brings me doctors do a soap note subjective objective assessment and plan so as a sales professional if i don't do a surgical soap note what brings you to us today daryl let me go ahead and look at it let me do the analysis uh on my own and then let me go ahead and give you the plan the prescription uh, i'm being i'm negligent i essentially i <laughs> shame on me so essentially we've got to understand the motivations hey larry why do you want to get your shoulder fixed well, my son is 11, and when he turns 14, I want to be able to long toss with him. Okay, Larry, I understand. What would it make you feel if you weren't able to do it? Ooh, I'd have the crying Michael Jordan mean face. I'd be crying because it means so much. Well, now, Larry, I listened to you, and you told me that you have white coat syndrome. You even shared the story about how you passed out when your daughter was born. On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at in terms of taking action? I know you said you want it, but where are you at? Well, doc, I'm at a nine. Well, how do I get you to an 11? And then if the doctor starts shaking it, hey, doc, I'm ready for surgery right now because I've got to get this fixed. If I'm just a four, five, six, I'm lukewarm, I'm going to keep telling the doctor exactly what he wants to hear. But when it comes down to signing up for surgery, <laughs> I'm going to be a no-show and be like, where's Larry? Well, you didn't ask the question. He's a four, five, six on a scale of 10. He's not motivated to get this fixed. You're not, you're not making a match. So it's, it's imperative that we change our perspective of what we're doing and why we're doing it. If we're not doing it to serve others and we're not doing it to understand others' motivations, I hate to say it, but it's time for you to get out and find a new career. If you're a true sales professional, you're going to, you're going to take pride and understanding and really getting on the other side of the table of your prospects and your clients to help solve their needs, their wants, their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations. Come on now, holla if you hear me. I'm gonna have to drop the mic on you, Daryl. I'm digging what you're saying and my mind is already fast forwarding to the one I talk about next that's related because a lot of people don't connect the dots. I'm going to connect the dots again here, kids. So he just talked to you about the motivation. He talked to me about why you want to do it. I'll get him from a four or five to a nine to an 11. That's what I want to do. Once I uncover it, away I go. But let's understand one thing here. The reason you ask the questions, the reason you read the room is that you understand the cast of characters, the buying committee. So in other words, that one individual you're talking to, that's why they want to do it. Okay, great. I understand why you want to do it. But do not assume that that motivation of that one buyer is a shared motivation amongst all the people who influence the deal, right? So you got your user, the champion, and they're loving it because their life is hell. They have too many clicks, too many hours lost, their productivity sucks. You're gonna make their life better. 
salesperson loves the deal because it's going to actually help them close more deals and the CFO likes the deal because it's actually going to save money you know all different motivations if you assume that your champion's motivation is everybody's motivation you're going to mess things up and you're going to get outsold by your competition because they're just going to do you know continue the sports metaphor they're just going to do an end run around you they're just going to they're going to flank you totally and they're going to go to the other influencers in the deal they're going to speak to their individual motivations and they're going to get them on their side and now it's two against one and that's all it took because they took some time to ask the hard questions and actually understand the motivation behind that's the thing in the end, you've got a recurring theme here, Larry, your approach, which I love, is you're actually, by asking the hard questions, you're getting, you're receiving really open, honest, maybe painful, maybe awkward, maybe not what you want to hear, feedback. But at least that's feedback that you can then act upon as opposed to taking it, as you said, to that three-yard line and then fumbling the ball. Hey, Daryl, I just talked about it today. Uh, I do a midweek, midday motivational minute. Today's topic was feedback, take it or leave it. I'm going to take it. And by that, I'm going to proactively ask for feedback. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to document it. I'm going to take notes. And then here, holla if you hear me, I'm going to take action on it. So many times in the sales process, we learn, we capture feedback, and we don't do anything with it. We essentially run the same play. We're running the same play. We're, we're running a sweep to the right. No! They're, they're telling you, the defense is telling you how they're going to, to play you. You got to switch it up. You got to do a, a, a run pass option. You got to switch it up a little bit. What are you doing? Not what are you thinking? Not what are you hoping? We know hope is not a strategy. But what are you doing? with the feedback, with the learnings. How do you put that into action and execute? We all know, I mean, Daryl, it's not, this isn't rocket science, thankfully, because if it was, I wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, yeah. No, no, no <laughs> chance. Now, luckily, we know the plays that we need to run. It comes down to having the discipline to execute and doing it each and every time. I mean, I'm a baseball guy. And we know that baseball is a game of inches. I would say sales is a game of inches. When you look at what separates the, the top-notch professional sellers and everyone else, I would say it's really, it's, it's in the little details around execution and doing it at a high level every single time. All right, so let's bring it back full circle here, kids. We talked about, you know, emotion. We talked about motivation. We talked about the uncomfortable feeling. Talk about happy ears. Talk about reading the room. But more than anything, we talked about a process, a repeatable process so you don't have happy ears, a repeatable process so you do read the room, a repeatable process so your prospect commits to you, a repeatable process so that your predictability on your pipeline, your forecasts, is consistent and overachieving. A repeatable process that you can take to the bank. That's what all this is about. The questions, the approach, that's a little bit stylistic. We've given, Larry's given me a couple. We talked about, you know, 
tell me well, what the process is, uh, what's holding you back. I talked about TED, T-E-D. Those are all techniques, but he opened it up by saying the process involves asking the hard questions and not just of the one person you're comfortable with, to get a relationship with, but everybody in the buying cycle. The process is your intentional about what you're doing, who you're doing it with, how you approach it, how you phrase the question, and how you react to the information they give you in that honest, open feedback. That's what overcomes happy ears. That's what lets you read the room. And that, my friends, is another week on the Inside Inside Sales Show. Larry, my friend, if they want to get a hold of you, they want to partake in your midweek, midday motivational minute, if they want to just hang out with you, what's the process? See what I did there? What's the process? Trust the process. You're far too kind. You can find me on LinkedIn, Larry Long Jr. I got the smile for a mile. I got the face for radio. You can't miss me. Happy to connect. Please let me know if there's ever anything that I can do to serve as a resource for you. And we haven't talked about it, but I'm pretty sure I've seen you up there. You're on. You're active on Clubhouse too, are you not, my friend? Don't tell nobody else. I am loving Clubhouse. I'm a student of this game we call life. I'm learning. I'm living. I'm loving uh, both hosting rooms, but more importantly, listening. I'm learning so much, uh, both good as well as not so good hearing people spew uh, just different thoughts. But I'm, I'm loving Clubhouse. I'm with you, brother. I got a actually co-hosting a session tomorrow morning. So it's going to be interesting. Of course, that'll all be, you know, ancient history by the time you guys hear this cast. But just follow Larry and all those locations. Follow me. If you want to get, you know, hooked up to Larry, and you still don't know how to do it because you listen to the whole thing. You don't want to hit the backup button 30 seconds. Message me. I'll take care of you. In the meantime, my friends, if you like Larry Long Jr., then you really need to follow him on those social media platforms because he is dynamite. See what I did there, like dynamite, little Jimmy Walker coming at you. All right, kids, we're out of here. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. My name's Daryl Prell. I am the CRO at Vanilla Soft, but more than anything, I am just like you, hanging out, doing the sales thing every single day. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prell. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week.